Hello, friends, and welcome to To The Point, the home services podcast that focuses on marketing and operational solutions to help you get better. Because if you're not getting better, you're getting worse. Now, let's cut through the bullshit and get to the point. Well, what is up to the point listeners? What in the hell is going on right now with this coronavirus? So we've had so many of you reaching out to us, asking us if we're going to do a podcast with anyone about this coronavirus stuff, what they're doing, tasks. I've been seeing a bunch of people from the industry coming together, more so than really ever, and putting things out there. Um, and a lot of it's still subjective. Some of the stuff isn't really good, but we wanted to put something together quickly with, uh, with one of our good friends who's on the podcast many times. So we believe has absolutely got it figured out, always has it figured out, been down this road many times, maybe not through a, a pandemic like this, but been through these situations. And so, uh, for those of you who don't know, my name is Chris Yano. I am the host of To The Point, also the CEO of Rhino Strategic Solutions, and I have my co-host, Mr. Tall Paul. What's up, my man? Hey, everyone. Good to see everyone, as always. I know the, the last time I was on the phone with Ken was, I think, a week and a half ago or so, as we were kind of evaluating a trip that we were going to both take out to St. Louis. And man, things just spiraled fast. The NBA shut down. Like It went from speculative to, oh my gosh, what is happening? And that was like the biggest first shock. So like many of our listeners trying to figure out, okay, what do you do? What are you allowed to do? How do you now you know, manage through a high-touch business um, I know our listeners and our customers have had a lot of questions, so I'm glad to have Ken on. This is going to be a, a productive conversation. So thanks, thanks for jumping so quickly, Ken. Yeah, so then quickly let me go ahead and introduce my guests. Um, returning back to the podcast is basically part of the podcast now. Um, His podcast. It's, it's basically Ken's podcast. We're just, we just get to lead it for him. I own it now. I own the podcast. <laughs> so uh, we have Mr. Ken Goodrich, CEO of Ghetto, but not only do we have Ken, We've also got Mr. Dale Steele, who's the residential manager for Gettle, and um, AKA one of the most badass salesmen in the, I'm gonna say North America. What do you think about that, Dale? Sounds good. That sound good? <laughs> yeah. Now, I do wanna make an announcement. Dale, Dale has uh, perfected his craft so well, and he's become such a positive influence to our business all our locations, which now span from, you know, uh, California, Nevada, Arizona, and Texas, uh, that we've now promoted Dale to the vice president of sales for all of Gettle, uh, Gettle Home Services. Awesome. Well done, my man. Well now, done. Well done. Now, word of the wise for everybody, because I've done this a million times, I've failed at it. Never take your best sales guy or your best tech and make him a manager. It's just a, it's just bad, bad, bad. But in this particular case, we have been grooming him and training him and planning this date for several years. And, uh, you know, last year, I'm proud to say that Dale, uh, with honing his craft and, and his disciplines and his mindset, personally closed $11.4 million in residential retail sales Unbelievable. in 2019. So did you hear that, listeners? That's eleven point four million, correct? Correct. 
just a little just a little chip shot it's a different stratosphere than most people even operate under i mean that is so wildly successful so congratulations we're honored you're on here and um uh it sounds like sounds like they put the franchise tag on you is what they call it now so now that you're overseeing all those different locations that's pretty cool yeah it's, a, it's like it's a cool thing and awesome. uh, and i gotta tell you you know we've all had sales guys and we all know the uh, the animal known as sales guy right and, uh but they'll happen to be the unicorn of sales guys uh because uh, he's not greedy he doesn't complain he goes to work there's no drama there's no nonsense. He does his paperwork. He customers love him. He doesn't have callbacks. He doesn't have chargebacks. He just is the unicorn of Apex sales. Matter of fact, we, we recently had him uh, testing on on plumbing sales, and guess what? He can sell plumbing just as well. <laughs> nice. So you guys ought to have him on the show one time and talk oh. about him. You can go on YouTube, our YouTube channel. He's done a lot of videos on mindset. You know, we share them with the industry. Uh, I know that a lot of a, a lot of companies across the U.S. have used his mindset videos uh, for training their people. Uh, we just put it out there as just uh, you know, kind of give back to the industry. So check it out. Yeah, we'll go ahead and post a link to that video um, when we post this podcast. Take care of that real quick. Um, but yeah, Dale, for sure, we'll do a follow-up podcast and, um, and and maybe kind of walk through that process because, I mean, sounds like we need to bring you over here to Rhino and put you to work because you got to figure it out. It's just plug you in, plug you in wherever. Yeah, absolutely. So, so let's do this. I want our listeners um, to really be able to have some good takeaways given the current situation. Um, and, and Ken, I know you have been – uh, super active in the different um, communities uh, and social. I'm not talking like physical communities. I'm talking online communities, social communities with helping others. Um, you've been on here multiple times, just continuing to give wisdom, not tips and tricks, knowledge and wisdom. And uh, we want to continue down that path. But what I really wanted this, the, this particular podcast to be is as if our listeners are sitting in the war room at Gettle understanding what happened like um and i know it, and i do want you to touch on because you've been somewhat through, through some of these things before so that will set the perspective but i want to i want our listeners to be able to understand hey here's what gettle did this is the right way to do it what did i miss what did i not do and then how you know what what can i take away from this to know what to look for in the future not that something like this is going to happen again in our lifetime but you're going to run into obstacles so um, if you would real quick, I don't want to assume, again, everybody knows who Gettle is, do a real quick tee up uh, or just overview of, of Gettle. Um, and then let's go right into kind of how Gettle is doing today. Okay. Cool. okay. Like, current, like current times today. Okay. Can you turn on the air conditioner though? Sure. <laughs> I don't want to be sweating. I think I know how to operate one. Totally appropriate. He is the unicorn of a sales guy. Look at him. You know what? You know what? You know what? Dale's uh, uh, another unicorn move is when customers ask him, "How much am I going to save? How much energy am I? How much am I save on my power bill if I buy this air conditioner from you?" And he said, "He says, well, what do you say? So let me do the question. Let's right. 
So how much am I going to save on my power bill if I buy this air conditioner? I don't know. <laughs> there you go. You know, but we, well, I mean, he'll go into the reasons he doesn't know, but the point is, I think our industry has gotten so, you know, one, you know, we, we, we're a technical group anyway, right? And then we start heading down, you know, this, uh, super sales systems and things like that. And we really overcomplicate it, you know, it's not about power bill. It's about comfort, right? So that's what he felt. Anyway, I just thought I'd throw it Okay, so Gettle. So Gettle Air Conditioning. Uh, Gettle Air Conditioning is, uh, was started in 1939 by the Gettle Brothers of Ohio. And uh, when air conditioning started getting invented by Lewis Carrier, it was being installed in, you know, theaters and big buildings and, you know, printing presses, industrial kind of places, um, used more of a dehumidification device than an air cooling device. And so the Gettle brothers re- recognized the fact that, hey, we could apply this technology to for residential use. And so they decided where, which, where, what place would really need air conditioning? And uh, they said, huh, how about Phoenix, Arizona? And so they came to the Sonoran Desert, which happens to be the hottest desert on earth, right? It's the, it's the most, uh, Severe temperatures on Earth, and they designed the first residential air conditioner. They started with a swamp cooler, they invented a swamp cooler, then they went to refrigerated air conditioning, and they built the very first residential air conditioner. They invented the heat, they didn't invent the heat pump, but they invented the gas uh, air conditioner. And out west, you'll see a lot of air conditioners are on the roof because they started with swamp coolers. Um, you just had to have them. It wasn't a, it wasn't an option. And so they replaced the swamp coolers with the with the units. Mm-hmm. At the same time, the Gettle brothers had a, a they they manufactured the units, and they installed the units, and they repaired the units. And so they had those three businesses going. Um, and then uh, as time went on, they continued to grow Phoenix, Arizona, and. As a matter of fact, there's a Discovery Channel um, episode on Phoenix, Arizona, and a clip of Gettle, and it talks about how Gettle was the key catalyst of creating Phoenix, Arizona, by being bringing refrigerated air to homes and making it habitable. And so Gettle has been an iconic brand for those reasons, and they, you know, they thrived for many, many years. I happened to tell the story that I held the flashlight to my dad while he worked on an air conditioner at age 10. The first air conditioner I ever lit up with a flashlight was a Gettle. And uh, we were in Las Vegas and my dad was a Gettle dealer. So the first air conditioner I ever learned of repair was a Gettle, sold was a Gettle, installed was a Gettle. And so my whole career has been built around Gettle. And then in 2013, I had an opportunity to buy Gettle, which you know I have defined as my destiny. And so all the events that have transpired in the industry has led up to this point where I could buy Gettle. And at the time it was challenged, the business was challenged and I was able to put a great team together, put my systems in place. And we've taken Gettle now from one location in Phoenix. We've added Tucson, Las Vegas, Corona, California, Simi Valley, California, and now San Antonio, Texas. Uh, we've, we've, 
taken the business to well over the $150 million mark this year and uh, you know, continue to thrive and, and really build off the brand, the legacy that was created so many years ago based on innovation and quality and growth and building on, on people. Uh, there's a huge legacy. I can't go anywhere, especially in Phoenix, where somebody, their grandfather, their uncle, their dad used to work for Gettle back in the day. So that's Gettle Air Conditioning and, and um, why, why I'm here. Now, Dale, uh, Dale came on shortly after I purchased it, and he's been a key driver of the business, uh, not just in the sales side, but he's, he's a real influencer, uh, you know, thought leader, helped us build a lot of our systems, not just sales related as well. Um, so he's a key guy, certainly deserves his position as vice president. And that's good because uh, now we have Dale on here. So Dale gets to share share some things with us. Um, so let's do this. Uh, thanks for teeing that up again, Ken. That was actually the fastest I've ever heard you go through that. Um, was, was it coherent? Let me just get it. <laughs> <laughs> I got it. It was perfect. This is, this uh, is coffee, by the way. <laughs> got it. So, uh, yeah. Okay. Me too. Uh, so let's go ahead and go into this. Um, and I want to start this thing off by um, talking about you, since you finished with Dale and talking about your people, with all that's going on right now with the coronavirus, how how is your guys' culture right now at a uh, at Gettle? So I would say, uh, and I'll let Dale step step in on this one too. But I, I would say our culture is great. Uh, if we continue to be very positive. You know, we're a very numbers-driven business, metrics-driven business. You know, we, we spend the last quarter of the year putting plans and budgets together, and I'm happy to report we're currently ahead of budget for this month. Um, so, you know, we haven't allowed this to detract us from our business plan. Uh, at the same time, we are being mindful of taking care of our employees, doing the right thing for our customers, and just being careful. Uh, but um, you know, I've talked to some, I try to talk to as many of uh, my fellow industry fellows as I can, uh, because I've just decided a long time ago that the way that I was going to get to where I wanted to be was to help others get to where they want to be. And so I've tried to do everything I possibly can to give back any which way I can to the industry as a whole or anyone who needs help in the struggle of growing business, because no one knows it better than me. The struggle, right? Yeah. So, you know, the culture is great, and I'll let let me let me have Dale step in on this. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, we've got uh, in in Phoenix got over a hundred employees, and uh, of those hundred employees, we haven't had you know everybody's concerned, right? Everybody you know is concerned about the virus and the unknown, and there's some fear out there. But I can say that our team. We haven't. We have. We have some people that we have working at home um, that we've chosen that we have reasons why we have them working at home. There's, uh, but we have had no employees say that they didn't want to work. No employees say that they didn't want to come in. No one in the call center. No one in the uh, in the tech room. None of our plumbers. None of our uh, 
none of our installers. Everybody wants to work. And uh, from what I've heard from some friends in the industry, that's not the case with their business. They've got half the guys are afraid to come in. They're afraid to do this. They're afraid to do that. And, you know, what we do is, you know, it's safety first, right? And so anytime we have, we, we, we get in front of our technicians every day. Uh, right now, I'm getting in front of the technicians every day with a three-minute motivational video. And what I, what's important is that we, we can't, you can't just come, come out of the gate in a message talking about making sales. Uh, and then on the other hand, your message can't be stay safe, stay safe, guys, and make sure you stay safe. That's the message that, that's the only message most people are putting out there, stay safe. What we're doing is we're bookending the message. Stay safe. Let's get out there and make money for our families and take care of our clients. Number one priority. Number two priority, take care of our clients. Number one priority, stay safe. Then we talk about taking care of our clients, making money for our families, driving the business forward. Then we bookend it with, and most importantly, guys, stay safe. You know, and, and what I what I find is as a leader in the business, we have to compartmentalize the virus part. You know, if you're if I'm in an eight-hour day, I'm probably spending an hour dealing with the how are we going to manage the the virus and manage the safety of the business and the safety of our clients and our employees. But then the rest of the time, it's driving devil forward, pushing the business forward, driving the business forward, managing the technicians, managing your people. But if you but if you don't compartmentalize it, and next thing you know, your whole day. 15 minutes of every hour is taken up with some virus stuff. And that just derails. You're not able to stay focused. So we really have to stay focused in this business. So when this first came on, like um, Paul and I were talking, we were talking about going to the ACA convention, whether we're going to go or not. You know, I think we both decided on that phone call, uh, we're not, we're going to sit this one out. But um, at that point, I said, okay, now that I've made that decision, you know, we're going to take control of this. And let me back up and say this. So for those who read my book, I talk about the struggles I had to get going in business. And, you know, that started about 1988. Well, by the time, you know, 1990 came around and I was, I was, I hit a stride and I started to pull it together and, and things started to work. And I was very excited about my company. And then uh, the desert storm thing, right? I'll never forget, I'm driving in my truck and I hear, you know, the radio talks about that we just, you know, we just declared war. And my heart sinks. I'm like, oh no, another step back. What am I going to do? And I sat back and I thought about, wait a minute. You have just been through the biggest shit storm in your life, the biggest shit storm that most business people will ever live through. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, read the book. But, you know, and I got through that, so I'm going to get through this. And I went back to the office and I pulled our team together and I said, We are, this is not stopping us. We're executing our plan. We're doing the work. If we have to work a little harder, we will. But we are going to continue to march through this and take the lead. We're going to use this opportunity to slingshot everybody else who's playing safe or playing scared. And we did it. We executed and everybody else that was, you know, wanted to play the scared game and, and not know what to do and paralyzed by the fear, we blazed right by them and took the business. 
same thing happened. 9-11 came. Never forget. I'm sitting watching the news first thing in the morning. And I, for some reason, I don't know, I left the room. My wife in front of me says, look, come here. It shows me the second plane hit. And then my heart's thinking, oh, no. Because I just, you know, we just got a, a, a new business. I just bought a new business, you know, and I, you know, leveraged up a little bit. I'm like, oh, no, what's going to happen? I started thinking that way. And I said, hold on a second. And I took my mind back out of it. And I turned up the gas. And I bought more advertising. And I took more business because everybody else fell asleep at the wheel. Now come back to this situation. I mean, there's every single major event over these last decades, you know, I took, I just have put more fuel to the fire. 2009, you know, 2008 was the big crash, the end of 2008. 2009, the world was falling apart. And I went out, and I increased my advertising budget by $1.1 million. And I turned on that radio and I just advertised the hell out of our brand. And while everybody else contracted, I took the business. There was no new business to be had, but I took theirs. And I don't mean to sound like a demon or anything here, but I mean, that's competition and that's business. And so we took it and I didn't let that um, hold us back and my people rallied around me you know people want to rally around leaders with courage and so the same thing happened when we got back here and Paul and I had that conversation as I was saying I got back and I, and I got my team on the phone and my you know so my key people my CFO the chief compliance officer my uh, head of HR uh, all my VPs I said okay let's talk about what we're going to do and the first thing I said is Listen, this is business as usual. We're going to figure out how to conduct ourselves so our employees and customers are safe, but it's business as usual. We have a plan and we're not, we are not deviating from this plan. We can do this and we're going to set off like a team and so act like a team. And so we, we made this an initial phase of the plan, which were we talked every morning at 8 a.m. It might be for 10 minutes might be for an hour, but we're talking specifically on the things that we're doing to protect ourselves and our families. Are we doing the right things? You know, work from home. We have all of our contingency plans in place now. We've got with our, our outside IT consultants. We immediately decided if it's work from home, how are we doing it? Who does what? We have the whole plan laid out. We've rehearsed the plan. We've tested the plan. We have people that need to work from home, working at home working remotely, um, logging on to our systems, and most of those are our customer service reps or, or outbound sales type people. Um, and then our technicians, we immediately deployed our videographer and he created a video for our customers and for our employees on how we're gonna conduct ourselves. We purchased all of the safety gear for everybody and then some. And we continue to meet every day, we continue to adjust. At the same time, just like everything we do in business, we've quantified it, right? And so we have daily reports. Some reports come out twice a day that talk about how many calls were booked, how many were canceled, how many, how many um, customers, uh, concerned customers we have. And what we mean by this is the concern of the virus or having people in their home. And we're counting it every day. And we do not see an appreciable amount of concerned customers. 
people are happy that we're open. Now, here's an interesting thing too. You know, I'm kind of a, I'm a study my little universe here all the time. And so I look at my world as, you know, with six branches, I look at like, uh, you know, different companies. And so the strong leaders with the strong branches with the strong leaders, they're, that's, they're, they're the happiest, most productive and well over budget. The branches I have, which are two of them that are, um, don't have the strongest leaders. They're soft. I mean, they're not bad. They're on point, they're on budget, but they're soft. It's just not the same game. They got more people calling out. They got more concerns, this and that. So it really has to do with the leader at the branch. It's not the land, it's the man. I, you know, I speak in, when I get on the phone or on the, on the videos with the guys in the morning, I speak to facts. So these are the facts that I, that I see. But the truth that I see is that, you know, uh, one of the things that, that uh, this, this, uh, this crisis has taken away from people is it's taken away the ability to go shopping. Not everybody shops online. If you're an Amazon shopper, you're good to go. This is your lucky day, right? Nobody, you know, you just, nothing's business as usual. You stay at home, you buy what you want to buy, it's shipped to your front door. For a, a lot of people, I would say even the majority of our clients, they don't shop online. So this crisis has taken away the ability for them to go do what they love to do, which is go out and spend money and buy things that they like and that they feel that they need and that they see value in. And so while it might take a few more, a few more dials, while it might take a little more effort to get that customer onto our board, onto our dispatch board, once we show up at that house, if the client, if we're fortunate enough to get to that client's front door, it really is business as usual and then some. Actually, it's not business as usual. It's business better than usual because once we get to the client's homes, we are performing uh, at a higher level. Uh, the clients are more enthusiastic than normal to see us. And we are we have to seize that opportunity. And it's not a bad thing. It's not, uh, it's not you know, sales or, you know, it's not a curse word. As long as you bookend it with safety first and safety last. Yeah, so let me, let me throw this at you. So uh, Pete Grasso, editor of HCACR News. Um, reached out to me yesterday, hey, said, hey, can you send me some of the stuff that you're doing? Kind of a similar question that you're processing. So I'm going to read you the succinct message that um, Amber McKee, my director of marketing, sent him. So you kind of get a, a flavor for this whole thing, how we act. Okay, so perfect. One, so we're communicating with our customers during COVID-19 epidemic the following way. One, your our video. Now, we posted a video on YouTube. We put it on social media. I'm sure a lot of our listeners have seen it. Um, as a matter of fact, it was been so well received that the registrar of contractors in Nevada, I'm sorry, in Arizona, has asked permission to put it on their website as what contractors should be doing. It's good. I saw the video. It's fantastic. Yeah. We put, we put the message on uh, our website, gettle.com. We explain our safety measures when asking if anyone is in the home sick on every call that's dispatched. So we ask that question, is there anyone that's the home sick? And then we'll make the determination there. If it's obviously, if they're packaging on the roof, 
will roll if it's, uh, and then we do have some training on don't get your head inside the return air and things like that first. But uh, so we'll roll if, and, and if not, we'll make a determination what we're going to do at that point. Tracking customers' responses, concerns, and cancellations daily, which is reported on the attached JPEG. So, like I told you, we have reports. What are the customers' response? Our team has their finger on the pulse of our customers and what's happening every single day, now twice a day. So we can pivot fast if we need to. We hold meetings at 8 a.m. every day with their senior leadership to review. New changes, requirements, recommendations made by the CDC. Strategy to implement CDC recommendations. Three, inventory and supply flow of essential sanitation products. Customer feedback. Employee concerns and adherence to social distancing. We're not social distancing right now. Uh, daily communication plan to the Gettle family. So daily, we are communicating to our approximately 700 employees every single day. Here's what's going on. Here's you know here's uh, what we're doing, uh, and just keeping you informed. Remember, in the absence of information, the human being always assumes the worst. True. Quote that. How how are you guys communicating? Because you have all the different branches, what's the what's the best way you guys are communicating? Is this through like internal channel, uh, just email communication? Is it a video? Is it a mixture of all of those? What is that? Leadership. We do, a, we do an 8 a.m. Uh, update call uh, with you know there's 30 30 people on it. Uh, every key manager of the business, every call center manager, uh, service managers, they're all on the call and. Uh, you know, there's a few key people that are that are tasked with, uh, you know, we have a guy who's tasked with the hand sanitizer and the gloves and the mask. And then we have this guy who's tasked with uh, CDC updates. And so we all come together in the morning to get the information out. And that is, the, those are the facts of the day. We don't speculate. We've got our, we're armed with the facts that we, that we have. And that's the narrative that we project to our teams. And uh, so, there's so much information coming out. On, an, on a minute by minute basis that, you know, yeah, if, you, right. if you get bogged down in that, you will literally have a, a whole your day will not be productive. We're using all channels, email, yep. YouTube, yep. text. Yep. I don't think we use it back. No. SmartAC.com, SmartAC.com. If you haven't heard of it, you better find out. If you haven't implemented it, you better check it out. You have to get started doing something. 2024 is going to be an absolute battlefield. What are you doing differently than your competitors? You need to make sure that your memberships are sticky. SmartAC.com does that. Lifetime warranty, insurance savings, filter discounts, 24-7 monitoring that lets you know about problems before the homeowner might even know about the problem. Live tech chat, service providers, all of this with smartac.com. You've got to check it out now. <laughs> Smoke signal. Um, Ken, Ken, you shared some data with us about the concerned customers and, and some cancellations. Do you mind walking through some of that data? When I saw it, I was um, really encouraged by how small the number is. Yeah, I think it's I, I think it's important while he's pulling that while he's pulling that up because you kind of put him on the spot with it is um, that's probably what we hear the most of. It's honestly it's not even I mean us as a digital marketing company. Um, Ken, you kind of know our stances. We we're we're very like minded and we keep going because people are home more and actually lead volume is 
picking up. And so, and, but, but still people will, will worry about, hey, I can get there, then they're canceling. Well, there's things that you guys are putting in place to curb that. And that's like the video, the things on the website, the messaging, because like you just said, you know, if they don't, if you're not communicating with them, they already expect the worst or fear the worst. Yes. So Here, here's I want to talk about a report. I don't know if you can see it. Uh, that that's uh you know that's just coming out this is kind of a real cheap and dirty report but it comes out every single day because what we're really concerned with is covid related uh cancellations so if we know they start getting high then we might need to adjust our plan right and uh we're also by the way let me throw this at you we understand we are an essential service company people can't live without the things that we repair maintain or install and so we have to get out there with the customers, especially these times when their house are full, are full of their family. So, um, you know, we have an obligation uh, to get out and help our communities. So, but what this report does is says, okay, here's a great example. So we're looking at we're looking at all of by branch, all the HVAC and plumbing related calls that we had uh, opportunity type calls that we have booked. Um, we, we booked or that came in. Obviously, our demand at this time of year is low anyway. We don't have a high expectation of any demand. But uh, for our maintenance, you know, we have a maintenance space that we that we uh, uh, notify it's time for their main maintenances, and we have uh, outbound dialers for calling our non-maintenance customers to uh, to talk to them about our maintenance plans and such. So. Here's our recent update from today. So you're, gonna share, month, you're gonna share some of those numbers, Ken? Yeah, so this month, COVID-19 cancellations in Las Vegas, three. This, oh, I'm sorry, this was yesterday. Three, 3.95%. Uh, Phoenix, two. Tucson, two. Corona, three. Now, Corona, ironic, so our Southern California stuff, that's high because that was, we didn't have a big call count day yesterday. It was only 18 calls. I think just having so a business, in a, was, just having a business in a town named Corona. Corona. Is probably <laughs> going to be, uh, be responsive. <laughs> but it's very clear to me that the, the cities that we are working in that have the higher cancellations and the lowest call counts have the weakest leaders. I don't want to mean to call my leaders weak, but when you when you look at your whole, obviously you got your stronger ones and you got your your not as strong ones, and that's just the reality of life. And so I truly believe it's the guy more than it is the condition of the marketplace. Yeah. And and Ken, I'll to jump in, you know, I'm encouraged by those numbers, of course, but on the other hand, it in some ways breaks my heart because we're taking phone calls from two different schools of people right now. Some that are like you who are like, hey, there's a lot of opportunity. It's business as usual. We're taking calls from people who are like, I need to stop all of my expenses. So stop this marketing, stop that marketing, because I don't know what's going to happen to me and to my business. And I don't think people like that will make it through this. I really don't. And that's the sad part. You know, it's funny. If we have picked up some real talent from this too. I mean, I can't believe how many guys are running so scared. I, I forgot who this guy is. Is it Glenn Beck? Glenn Beck, the financial yeah. guru uh, guy? Oh, he's, he's a conservative talk show host. 
Yeah, so so I don't know. He's he's gone around and said, you know, sell all your stock and get all your cash out of the bank and you know, get your shot done out and all your stuff, right? I think. I think it's but anyway, there's a lot of guys listening to him and they're and they're closing up shop and they're and they're contracting. We picked up some real talent from that. We picked up a great guy in Southern California. I mean a serious sales manager and then we picked up some great techs and, and two good salesperson people uh i mean they just they're just playing the game wrong right now well so we are going through something similar and you and i kind of talked about this a little bit last night when we were texting back and forth ken is uh we're experiencing similar things where we actually have competitors of ours that are like Oh shit! What am I gonna do? And they're looking to like to sell, and um, we are exact opposite. Like if you ask any of our employees, um, we're foot to the floor. I'm like we're not afraid. Like this is a great time. We we started this company, know Rhino, in 08, like in that recession, and we and we excelled because we're able to bring in new business. Well, this is no different. Actually, what's making it better is that people are pulling back in all these markets and it's making our cost per lead continue to go down. So those guys that are sticking with it, we just keep our foot to the floor and we're taking chunks of share. We're taking chunks of share. So it's great because I can see their numbers every day on what new lead volume looks like. So while everybody is like, pull back, pull back, you know, if there are a customer, we've coached, you know, our team to be like, why? And then we, then we kind of do like Dale was saying is we share real data, like the facts on to support why we're you know so confident on keep moving forward and then, then like you guys might have saw i posted a uh a google trends report that showed customer search volume so it wasn't just me making shit up or being a sales guy or in my sales team it was facts showing who's still searching even as of last week when everybody sh you know shit their pants what does search volume look like meaning is there still new customers searching that aren't looking for ghetto or another company they're looking for ac repair furniture repair whatever and the numbers are still staying consistent like it's not we're you're not making it up i'm not making it up. we can't all be wrong but the most encouraging piece of data that you just shared was the percentage of those cancellations that's it think about the markets we're talking about like those are such small numbers in massive markets like you can't like it sucks that people are going to have that and, and and lean on that so much, but I think that that's that's what's in their head is that's true. By, not, by the way, let me throw this at you: those cancellation rates are lower than our typical yeah, cancellation rates. Lower, like like when there's no pandemic, we have higher cancellation rates. Our our conversion rate on everything, whether it's uh, outbound dialing, inbound inbound uh, call taking, cancellations. And we're exceeding everything, uh, you know, every day. I mean, right now, just back to your point, is that right now, uh, you know, the facts, right? The facts are what people need. It's what our teams need. And uh, our teams need uh, uh, deliberate decisions, deliberate leadership, uh, you know, because so much of the information you're getting is people are just shooting from the hip and throwing out different things, uh, so many different, you know, internet and, and you know everywhere and we're just being deliberate yeah so we're, we, we just have the courage to leave hey, well, speaking of that one, one thing that we're doing right now that, that may be different than a lot so i uh, 
I'm not sure today how many employees we have because we know that it changes a lot. It's changing, but at least 650 now. And so I cut a deal with major manufacturer before getting here, and we're going to install in all 611 one of our employees' homes a IAQ package that includes a MERS 16 filter, hospital grade filter, and a uh, uh, UVC UVC um, ultraviolet light system purifier. air purifier in their homes, just like the one I have in my house. And we're going to gift that to our employees and get it installed into their homes immediately uh, you know, to, to make sure they have the cleanest environment in their homes and give them some more peace of mind. Now, it's going to cost me well over, well over a million dollars, uh, but I just think that it's the right thing to do for our people who are out in the field and anybody who, you know, just just to give back to them for the sacrifices they're making for their communities. And so we're going to roll that out and uh, get some press out on that soon as well. And that's and also gives them peace of mind. I mean, and hey, let's not forget, I'm in Anthem, Arizona. Like I'm not that far. And since this is now your podcast, I kind of am part of that deal. So just I'll make yeah, sure you I'll make sure you have the address and we, whenever we'll get you up there. Hey, Dale, yeah. we'll make sure you have everything you need, Chris. <laughs> hey, listen, send, send me the address. I'll take care of it right now. I mean, we're, we sell, we sell those, that service. We sell that product. Um, and, you know, obviously demand for that's really increased lately, but, uh, you know, I think I've probably, to my friends and family, I've probably given away 50, 60 of them so far. Uh, I got one of my good friends, good friends who doesn't need any financial help by any means, but you know, he just got diagnosed with cancer. And so I said, Hey, my team's coming over today. We're putting in, putting in the UV system and the MERS 16 filters in for you. uh, No charge. Make sure that you're healthy up until you you go get your operation. Fantastic. I want to ask a question to you, Dale, on this IAQ deal, um, because we, I've seen and heard and have people reach out to me. Um, I know Paul has really all of my sales team and all of our account managers have uh, around this how to roll out IAQ because it's such a sensitive subject on how you roll that out because you don't want it to be like you're taking advantage of the situation. But really what it is is it's, I think, the approach because it's also a time of year like Paul has, you know, Paul, Paul has – allergies and he showed me a picture today of all the pollen all over his stuff so it just so happens that with this coronavirus thing it's brought to attention IAQ more than ever I would say yeah and so what is in your opinion based on like what you guys have already experienced because you like to talk about facts what is the what's the best way for these guys these your other brothers and sisters in the trade to roll out IAQ in your guys opinion well, I mean, there's a couple of different types of ways to do it. I mean, the old school way was that you would ask the client, you know, who is there anyone in your house who suffers from allergies or respiratory issues? Um, and the problem with the with approaching it that way is that if they say no, then you're done. You know, <laughs> and so uh, so in the past few years, we started, uh, you know, over the past few years, we've actually started talking about it in, in terms of system protection because. All that dirt and dust that you're breathing 
in the air, that's all getting stuck right into your air conditioning system without the proper filtration. So we would focus on uh, protecting the system and keeping the internal components of the system clean. And uh, and then now we're right back to, you know, talking to the clients about air, you know, you know, you don't have to walk into the house and start the conversation with the clients because if you walk into the house and you ask the client, hey, how's your day going? They're going to tell you about the day and the virus and the concerns and how they're worried. And then you can just simply ask them just a real honest, real conversation. Hey, are you concerned with the uh, air quality in your home? And if they say, yeah, then you can say, hey, well, you know, we have, we offer products that uh, actually can help with that. We have an air cleaner that will uh, actually keep all the, they'll remove the particles from the, from the air and uh, remove the allergens from the air. And then we also have air purifiers that are actually uh, ultraviolet light that goes in the system that uh, simulates uh, direct sunlight in your system, purifies the, the air conditioner, sanitizes the air conditioner, and then all the air that passes through is purified. And when you take those two components, the air filtration and the air purifier and combine them, you actually end up with like super filtration, which is very similar to what they have in hospitals. And it's just a real conversation. That's the whole thing, you know, and just to go back to the $11.4 million in sales, it's all just real conversations. That's the thing is that people want, the reason people hate sales guys is they hate sales. But if you just have real conversations with people, focus on the, the person and their needs, you're not really selling anything. You're just offering products and services that are going to make their lives better. You know, uh, one of our, so we're, we're putting in the super system, super system at my house right now in Scottsdale. And, uh, you know, so get my family all there. I'm, you know, I just kind of work from home and I'm coming to the office for a couple hours. But um, anyway, they're putting it in right now and, and I'll, I'm going to unveil it. I've, I've given a little teaser on Facebook, but it's a whole RO system. It's, it's charcoal, uh, carbon filter, RO, the whole house RO, fills 350 gallons of water, pure water in the tank is dispersed throughout my home. I shower in my own easy water. Actually, had a, I had a mixing valve put in my garage so I can wash my cars and not have to dry them anymore because they're from RO type water. Then we have our variable speed heat pump with our UV light, one to clean the coil and one to clean the air our MERS 16 filter, uh, as well as our tankless water heaters, our research pumps. Is your super uh, toilet, does your super toilet have PG water in uh, the? It, in it the will. Day? My super wow. toilet won't even have, ever get a paint And then Wait, all, you had <laughs> all in stainless steel pans, like we fabricated fake stainless steel pans in case any, any water drips. We're not gonna have that moldy drywall like the common folks do, right? So, I mean, I'm building the super system. So anyway, my the whole point here is the, one of my great plumbers who's doing uh, who was installing it. I was talking to him. And he was looking at the uh, UVC light. This uh, which one? Was, which one was it? Uh, the uh, the uh, Apco 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 X Apco X. And so he said, "Who can teach me how to sell one of these?" And I said. Look, this is very simple. Listen to me. You're going to someone's home, you look at their water heater, you say, I notice you don't have an air purification system. 
uh, would you like me to describe what it does? If they say yes, you say, well, it's very simple. Bacteria, viruses, mold, airborne contaminants don't live in outside. They can't live because of the, uh, because of the sunlight, right? The UV sunlight. And so what we've learned is we can put the sunlight inside your system and kill those things. So that's really what it is. I don't know how it works, and I don't know. <laughs> you know I mean, they they okay. have they have had done all the testing, and we made sure we got a product that was tested by real laboratories, and and uh, we kind of understand the kill rates, this and that. But if you want to boil it down to its simplest simplest form, we're putting sunshine into your air system and killing anything that passes. You know, you know, technicians are the only ones who care about how it works. Clients care about what it does. Yep. And so that's, you know, I don't care how it works. Somebody way smarter than me figured out how that happens. I just can tell you what it does and why you should have it or why it might benefit you. And that's what you do. If you focus on that, selling doesn't really even occur, does it? Right. No. <laughs> that's really wise and super authentic, too. Like, I absolutely agree with that. Yeah, it's a little sunshine in your gut. Put a little sunshine in your dog. Oh, it sounds like a commercial. Hey, but you guys <laughs> listen. Chris, when uh, when I get the super system installed, you got to come out and touch it. What was that? Remember that show? That Tim Coupon guy, and he would make that gorilla. Oh, yeah, home improvement. Home improvement. Yeah, yeah. Well, we're gonna do that. From the car. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah, when you like super system. And then I have super toilets too. You know, I put super toilets. Like hey, I'm really, good. I'm really fucking bored from this. Uh, <laughs> quarantine thing you know so now i got super toilets in where you walk up to them and the lid opens you don't have to touch the dirty well places. well I, I heard about the uh bidet you had installed and you put the water pressure on extra high it was i heard that you liked that oh, weird. So, yeah. it's, it's got to get through some, some stuff <laughs> it, is, it is my yeah. job to get this back on the rails <laughs> Okay, so so that's perfect. I would love to come out and see your new super system. Would love to check that out. Uh, what oh, by the way, guess what? Guess what my super toilets have? UVC lights that come up at 1 a.m. every morning cleaning. Because what happens in the sunshine? It dies. All the bacteria. Bacteria dies. Perfect. Love it. All right, party at Ken's. Party at Ken's. <clears throat> All right, so let me get this thing closed up too because we're running pretty close to about an hour right now. And I know I know Dale's got stuff to go work on. I know it. So um, to wrap this thing up, can you guys share anything that you may have learned from this to do differently or to do different period from this whole thing? Is there anything like that you share? Yeah, I got something that's very important. So I think the industry, and mainly from some of the best practice groups, has taught us that, you know, we target, we look at, you know, older pieces of equipment, older age homes, older pieces of equipment as what we call opportunity-aged calls, right? And we try to prioritize those calls because they have the highest probability of a modernization project or an installation-type project. We call them modernization, right? And so we've certainly operated that way. 
then when we get big full bays and full boards, we'll rank the call types and we will dispatch them accordingly. And so I think what we've learned, and Dale really has kind of keyed into this, is that every call is opportunity age call now because he's proven that we can sell the air purification systems, we can sell the water purification systems, no matter how old their air conditioner is, no matter, system. No matter how old their water heater is. And we've, so we've taken that off the table, and this is our universal call. And if they only have a two-year-old air conditioner where the tech predisposes or the sales guy predisposes that there's nothing there to be sold, and, and the, my favorite one is they say, we've already sold them everything there is to be sold which is never the case. By the way, when they say that, I go, you know, we, we run our business this way for 20 plus years, very successfully. And I hear that every single year, but we continue to grow. So you know, you probably didn't sell them everything there was ever sold. We, what we're selling is the, the highest quality of life that we can give through our systems, right? Air conditioning systems, air purification systems, energy, uh, energy control systems, um, the um, antimicrobial duct systems that don't leak, that get the proper air out, uh, our efficient water heating systems, all that, those things. And so now we know if it's over 10 years old, so our mantra is over 10 years old, the customer should consider replacements just purely because it's out of warranty and, and air conditioning in the desert is a life support system, it's not a luxury. So make sure you have the most reliable one. Um, and to the extent that they can afford that and that's within their plans for their house, we urge them to do that. Uh, but now anything less than 10 years old is a candidate for all those other services that we're really, this has, this has forced us to start getting our muscle memory around good IAQ and good water quality and tankless water heaters and all these other things for the customers that are under 10 years old. And not that we didn't sell that before, but now we're just selling it at such a, uh, such a higher rates per visit. You follow me? I do. So I think that this out of this situation is that's what's, what it's taught us. And maybe uh, Dale can say it a little better than I am. Well, if you can, if you can do that, what Ken just described, you're in a lot of ways, you're taking out the seasonality of the business. You know, uh, you can sell duct work, you can sell duct systems, you can sell indoor air quality, big revenue packages uh, all year round. And that's an exciting thing. Uh, we also, you know, we got, we got our plumbing guys selling air conditioning, our air conditioning guys selling plumbing. That's all, uh, uh, that's something that we're really taking hold of now too. But one thing I will say, and then I'll shut up and let Ken wrap it up, is that, you know, one thing I've realized in this whole thing is that the holes in your business today are the same holes you had in your business three months ago. It's not different. <laughs> it's no different. This is just another objection. This is just another reason why this is just, oh, we got too much going on right now. The kids are going to college. We don't, you know, but we're, uh, we're, we're, we just lost our job. We're, we got taxes due. It's holidays. Uh, it's too busy. We, it's not a good time. This is just that on steroids. So it just takes a little more effort to get to the door. Once you to get the calls on the board, once you get to the door, 
the customers are enthusiastic more than ever. You just got to find the, you have to have the, the wherewithal to get to the door. Just keep going. Keep going. Just One way keep. you don't know, and you know, as cheesy as it sounds, times like these are where leaders are born. Yeah. This is where you, this is your chance to shine or cower and, and play dead. We're not going to play dead. Ken Goodrich does not play dead. Come on. <laughs> right? So I guess, you know, to wrap it up, it's, you know, we have this, uh, we use this company called MAP, Management Action Program, it's out of Newport Beach, California. And they're, you know, business has been around since the 70s. And they teach the fundamentals of management, people management. And we use that to take our technical field people and we put them through these courses, coursework. And so that they have some base of understanding of management as they move up into the company. You know, once the company continues to grow, we, we're going to need our skilled labor to start leading skilled labor, right? So anyway, one of our uh, math consultants, Steve Buhinen, he says something all the time, and, and I think it's apropos right here. He tells our people that great leaders are great actors. Great leaders are great actors. So even if you don't feel it, you know, you don't show your cards all the time. You need to be the strong one. You need to be the level-headed one. You need to be the one with the vision and knows where and give the confidence into your people that it's going to be okay. And we're going to go here and we're going to thrive and no one's losing their job and we're going to look out for everybody and we're going to thrive. And so it, even if you don't feel it, don't let it get to you. You can't let them see you sweat. You have to stand up like a leader and say, this is where we're going. Point the direction, pull everybody together, let's go. You gotta have the courage to lead. 100%, Paul, what email did I, did I send to our leadership team last week? Exactly that, on courage. But now it's up to us, it's so good, so true. Yeah, it is, leaders lead. If we talked about this before, good leaders, good leaders make for great companies, great leaders make for great companies, that type of stuff, but you've gotta be confident and you have to make sure that when you're leading, that you have your team that is confident. I just happen to let mine know the reason I'm so confident is because I believe so much in them and they do such a great job. And I remind them over and over. And then we show them like Dale's talking about bringing facts to the table is you bring actual results. Like look what you just did for this company in this time. Look what you just did for this company in this time. That's why I have, I have the courage to keep going forward because it's there and our customers need to know it. Thank goodness. This is an essential business. So lucky for us, or, you know, it is, I, I guess luck is when preparation meets opportunity. We're in it. And, uh, and you can either move forward, foot to the floor, no zero days, keep chipping away. Or like you said, you can cower. And that's unfortunately part of business is yeah, that's the wrong decision in our opinion. And, and somebody's got to take advantage of that. You demand service, demands service, and somebody's got to take care of them. And if you're not going to do it, I am. And that's kind of your guys' methodology. It's just you doing it, not the easy way. You do it the right way. Yeah, we do things the right way, not the easy way. You guys do the things the right way, not the easy way, and you don't use tips and tricks. Right. And <laughs> one last thing. I want you to understand. I want you to understand what it was like when I went to my board today and said, I'm going to spend a million and a half dollars and give all employees a 
air purification system. And, the, and you could have heard a, heard a pin drop. But I got it on and I convinced them it was the right thing to do. Uh, and so I challenge all HVAC dealers listening to this podcast to do the same for their people. Uh, and I think, uh, I think it would send a great message if we could get people piling onto this and, uh, you know, get it out in the, in the press somewhere. I think that we could, you know, show a great, uh, what is, what's the word? Where, where we're unity, great, great unity, uh, as trade fellows that we care about our people. We care about our customers. We care about our community. So I have an idea. Let's let's actually make that a thing. We're going to call it Heart for Home Services. We're going to hashtag it. I'm going to create some logo for it, and we're going to see if we can't challenge some of the others to do similar things, including ourselves. Okay, great. What do you think, Paul? I like it, and my wheels are turning. I think I might be able to get some support on the equipment side of things. So we'll we'll make those calls. Heart for Home Services. Hashtag Heart for Home Services. We're on to something. Sweet. Awesome. Well, listen, guys, I appreciate it. Dale, man, great to have you on. We've heard about you, and now we get to meet you in the flesh. Fans, well, I guess not really, but virtually. Virtual flesh. My virtual pleasure. Hey, uh, I look forward to seeing you guys soon. Likewise. Bye -bye. And, uh, and and actually getting you guys uh, in. I mean, this is weird not having you here. It's way better when you are when you guys are, you know, when you're in person and Ken's here. And we get, we'll have to get you down here, too, to, to do this. But, guys, thanks again, man. We really appreciate it. Even though this, this is a, a crazy time, it's not the end of time. Like, keep going. You guys are a, a, a fantastic example of um, what great leadership can do in a time like this. The company is still performing flawlessly. And in some instances, like you said, your cancellation rate is even lower. So that excuse is out the window. So if, any, if you heard nothing else from this video or this, uh, this, this podcast, it's have the courage to lead and make sure you're leading by example. And even if you're not feeling it, you make sure that you put it out there because perception is reality. So you got to put it out there and be a good actor, like you were saying, but there's, there's no reason to go. Like what's the benefit of going the opposite direction, foot to the floor, no zero days, get after it because business is still there. Customers are still wanting you in the home, but you control your own message. So be confident. Put your foot to the floor, pivot if you need to pivot. If you've been banking your business so much on big box retail and that's slowed down significantly, it's not over. Pivot, move to something else, do demand service, pay-per-click, Google LSA, whatever, something that's demand service to help pick up the slack. But for God's sake, do something, but keep your foot to the floor and get after it, just like Gettle has done over and over and over successfully so guys thank you again i'm sure it won't be the last time you're on here since it's really ken's podcast anyhow but we thank you ken dale keep giving back to the community you guys are fantastic tp i appreciate you brother and we are out of here thank you stay safe great job you too thank you so much thank you for listening to to the point we hope you enjoyed this episode. Please consider leaving us a review in the App Store. And don't forget to share with your friends. Till next time, kick some ass.